Hello, I am C-3PO, and I believe the storyteller is ready. So, let us begin. At last. My boy. I have been every voice you have ever heard. Inside your head. <laughs> so the 20 starts out with a crawl. Uh, the 20 started 43 years ago. That's right. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it, you're right. We can kind of dive in however we want to go about it. But uh, The Rise of Skywalker premiered in L.A. last night, uh, when, based on the day we're recording this. Yes, uh, this is Tuesday night. It's still embargoed, so we know nothing about it. However, this is our opportunity to final get kind of final predictions and thoughts in. Certainly by the time this podcast is out, uh, like a Rotten Tomato score will exist. Yeah. That's the extent of the the checking in I'm going to do. Um, I mean, there's no shortage of stuff for us to cover in the next uh, little bit in terms of promotional material that we can break down because they've just been like puking it up for the last 10 days, which is fun. Um, but... For the next 48 hours, because we've got our tickets to see it Thursday and then again on Sunday, yeah. I'm going to be really chill and, and not really click anything Star Wars related because it's about to be kind of a tricky minefield, the internet. Oh, I unsubscribed from all of the Star Wars subreddits that I'm subscribed to, and uh, I'm on high alert to make yep. sure that uh, nothing kind of seeps through. The unfortunate element about being such a big Star Wars fan and the notion of curated content is the fact that the internet wants to show as much star wars that could possibly exist to me right and so i've had like that's resulted in me seeing things maybe before i've wanted to see them in the past okay but you dig around i dig around absolutely but my point is uh there have been things that i have not dug for that have been shown to me right and more than ever i have to make sure that none of that stuff can even be around because People are going to know a hell of a lot, and everything that's people are saying is that there's a lot of movie in this movie. There's a lot of well, that makes sense. That had to be true. Actually, you want to just dive into kind of some of the uh, some of the early thoughts that people have had, some of the just uh, kind of quick terms and words that people are throwing out there as their description based on Twitter. So this is kind of pre-review, but just their first thoughts okay uh, but generally the ones that i saw the most of are these like objective third party like these are objective uh like the top like the critics the people who would be at the premiere the people who would should be reviewing this movie i mean i don't know how many couple hundred people have seen the movie by now um i mean when this is revealed when this is out there a few hundred more probably as well but at this specific point these are just like the general like top end premiere critics giving their opinions on things right uh, and that would be that there's a lot of fan service good or bad whatever sure. that be yeah um there's a lot of exposition that can be good and that can be bad depending on how the script is done they can't say too much in that regard no that's right uh JJ's main goal of satisfaction seems to have been achieved. The word satisfying was there. It was used a lot by a lot of different people. Okay, that can mean that can mean fan service. It can also mean I, I feel resolved in this 40-year-old story. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it could like it, it doesn't necessarily mean anything standing out. I mean, it could be bittersweet, like we've kind of assumed. It could be everything with Endor. That was a kind of a resolution there, but that was a pure like happiness one. I don't think we're going to get anything that dark ends in a dark way. No. And so satisfying as long as the movie isn't 
shit and wraps things up in a good way. I mean, that's that's makes sense that that was JJ's goal, and it's good to hear uh, that there are great big moments. Sure, of course. Yeah, uh, it does. Apparently, some people say it starts out a bit rocky. However, I also saw a couple a couple people say that pretty quickly on they knew it was the best movie in the trilogy. Oh wow! And so. That's kind of polar opposite. Some people saying that it picks up later on. Some people saying that pretty early on they already really, really liked it. And so who knows really in that? There's a lot of things you can kind of glean. But This has always been the case of a Star Wars. Is that like it's It affects people differently. Exactly. And that's one of the things is a lot of people, like some comments seem to be that it won't be as decisive as The Last Jedi. It will be liked by more people um, probably in the sense that it'll it'll definitely have a much higher fan score than the last Jedi did. You know, so it's funny you say that because something but isn't perfect, right? Seemingly something I've registered recently uh, because I tweet a lot is that it's it's becoming a bit of a woke Twitter hot take to love the last Jedi. Like now, people think that they're being interesting. Like oh this is after God. this is two years after you and I were inspired to start a Star Wars podcast by the Last Jedi in, yeah. in lead up to Episode Nine, yeah. uh, which is, makes this particular episode quite ceremonious. Absolutely. Um, now, two years later, after the 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 worst of the storm following the Last Jedi has long since settled, there are like woke people on Twitter who were never passionate Star Wars fans to begin with exactly. are like, no jet. The Last Jedi is the best Star Wars movie, and it's the only one I ever truly loved. And here's why. And that's also a bad take. Like, yeah. like you're what the problem with it is. You are under the guise of being uh, positive about something, ridiculing people's opinions. Well, and, and I guess you're also trying to, uh, you're trying to like own people. You're trying, you're trying to like one up over people who complain, and and if those people are are fuzzy necks, then I guess there are worst causes on Twitter. But it is wrong to say The Last Jedi is the is the best Star Wars movie. It's an interesting way of putting it. And The Force Awakens. Force Awakens, I think we can all universally agree, is the most... I think it's probably the most well-fan-received movie we have so far sure. created by Disney. Some people wouldn't agree with that, but sure. I think overall it's impossible to argue just based on numbers-wise what it did and what it did in terms of bringing Star Wars back. But in that same vein, if you ask a true Star Wars fan, like someone who's a huge Star Wars fan, not one person on Earth is going to say that The Force Awakens is, is their favorite Star Wars movie. I'm, I'm exaggerating there, but my point is if you're a massive Star Wars fan, you can love that. But that movie can't exist without the spine of Star Wars backing it up. I would without say providing yeah. it the ability to right. stand the way it is. I would say you'd have to be like eight years old, and that's, that's how you—that's how you discovered Star Wars. And hey, in that case, Force Awakens is a good pick. Absolutely, and and like Force Awakens, it it, it dances around with Return of the Jedi as my third favorite Star Wars movie. So yeah, I, me it, too. it's not like it's by any means anything anything saying beyond that, but. The people who really like The Force Awakens, it's usually because of, because of an overwhelming love for Star Wars. Sure. that That's generally something that is pretty damn consistent across the board. And that's fan service well done. Exactly. Rogue One is an interesting one because Rogue One is a very well-made movie through and through. Yep. Uh, as much as certain parts aren't as good as other parts and like the third act is the landslide best, it's a pretty damn good movie through and through. Absolutely. If you say it's the best Star Wars movie, you don't like Star Wars. Agreed. But there are people who have that take. You it, you know what? And that's fine because it's a really good movie. Mm -hmm. And if you like it the most, that's totally fine. But in liking it the most, 
you don't like the overall element of Star Wars that much because Rogue One does not have that much of what the true essence of Star Wars is. Right. It has a lot of what you would want to see, but it I does mean, not have the... It still has the the main theme of hope. It's still about underdogs pulling it together and pulling off the amazing. And it, it exists within the same universe. I mean, it's it, to say it's not a Star Wars movie... It, no, that's not the thing. It, it is absolutely a Star Wars movie. I didn't say that at all. I no, just I said know. it doesn't have that same essence of Star Wars in the way that Rogue One... The reason why the third act is so great is because of how well it links up with A New Hope even still. Right. And The Last Jedi is another one. If you love The Last Jedi as your favorite Star Wars movie, then that's a different scenario from Rogue One because that's uh, some that's that's an idiot take. That's a dumb take. I mean, it's because just... Because yeah. The Last Jedi, differently from Rogue One, has enough elements in it that are just bad movie making that means... You're just trying to be controversial. Well, yes, and there's definitely a, a, an awful lot of people just being contrary when they discuss Star Wars. There's no yeah. question. But, I mean, what differs Rogue One most is that it's the first Star Wars movie to have a more contained genre than mm -hmm. the rest. And so you could say it's a spy movie or you could say it's um, a war movie or you could say, because it's a war movie more than any of the other Star Wars movies are. Yeah. And you could say that it's a heist movie. That It checks all those boxes, but... It's not really an adventure movie, the way the other Star Wars movies are. Yeah. And it's certainly not an installment of a greater epic, the way all the other Star Wars movies are. Now, my friend Duncan likes to say that Solo earns back a lot of credit if you just watch it like it's a Fast and Furious movie. And there's some truth to that. Yeah. If, if, that's, if that's all it is, is Fast and Furious in space, it's pretty fun. Yeah. But you can't um, detach it from its, exactly. from its baggage. It's, it, that's, it's not... First of all, you wouldn't go... If it was Fast and Furious in space, and and it it does indelibly have this association. Well, and that's the thing. Solo falls in the same category as Rogue One. So if you like Solo as your favorite Star Wars movie, sure, go for it. But that means you don't like, in my opinion, the essence of Star Wars nearly as much as you just like this specific kind of movie. You Fair. like you like the uh, the specific instance of the movie more than you like Star Wars as a whole. Sure. Uh, and that's totally fine. The Last Jedi is an instance where as you can't, that movie's impossible to like unless you love all of Star Wars, in which case, if you like it as your favorite movie, you're just trying to be a contrary tool. I think you nailed it. That's the way I'm trying to say it, but it took me a little ways to get there. Okay, so let's dig into what we have to work with right now. We're, we're 48 hours away from from seeing the new movie. So I, I just want to be perfectly clear. If you haven't seen Rise of Skywalker, we can, we couldn't possibly tell you anything. We can't spoil anything. Other than the stuff we've been talking about on the podcast, which we have kind of pieced together. We know nothing for certain. If Disney released it, it's fair game to talk about in the sense of we, I think, I think there might be a couple things like that we may talk about that have been like recently put in a trailer that came out in like the last couple days. But for the most part, there isn't, hasn't even been new footage really in a couple weeks, uh, except for maybe a couple quick seconds. And then one particular trailer, which we'll talk a lot about. Well, and we will put out a podcast probably this weekend. It'll show up most sometime. Likely. Um, and it'll be very clearly marked as a spoiler heavy podcast. Indeed. And you'll know not to listen to it if you haven't seen the movie. So, I mean, let's just kind of get right into things. Um, the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, so there's, we've avoided the leaks, but we can talk about some of the things that are in some clips. Uh, there is one clip that I saw where 3 PO is talking to R2, uh, and he calls him his best friend. Oh, nice. Which is just really kind of sweet. Just into, like he's like, oh, like they're kind of talking about the many adventures that they've had. 
Um, and he says, like, you will, you've been a very good friend, R2. My best, in fact. And just, like, it, it's, it's a sweet little moment. Um, so he was on uh, Jimmy Kimmel along with most of the rest of the cast last night. He was... Just wonderful. He was, wasn't he? Because I kind of wondered if maybe he was a dick. I've heard some things. He was very charming. Anthony. Yeah, Anthony. That's right. I had no. That's super weird. Changes everything. I know. For like forty plus years, everyone, including damn JJ, thought it was Anthony. But that's because he's polite. Yes, that, it is. That Jimmy Kimmel called him Anthony because that's what everybody calls him, and it was actually JJ who was like, "All right, let me clear this up for the rest of the world." Yeah. I recently learned it's Anthony. Well, it makes me start to think that potentially Kenny Baker was. Uh, potentially a little bit rude and Anthony Daniels I'm sure as a younger man maybe elevated some of the rudeness in their banter but by the sounds of it I think he's a pretty likable guy so that's really encouraging to see I think he's eaten up this movie oh he's in, he's thoroughly enjoying it he said in many places that he he loved making the movie uh, and this was one of the most enjoyable experiences he's had since the original trilogy if oh, not nice. if not more than the original trilogy because of well, just, I mean, the way technology has allowed his character to not be the most uncomfortable thing in the world for him to have to endure. That's true. And also because the prequels were such a difficult acting experience and he's a like a thespian, an old school style actor, that would also be more difficult for him. So exactly. it, it's nice that he was super excited. He did say some things in an interview that I don't remember the exact wording, but it gave me the impression that he's not going to die. Oh, interesting. The three PO is not going to get like blown up. He didn't hint at anything, I but think just he'd get blown up, or you know what I mean. Just like he he's not going to break or die or get fried or whatever. Okay. Um, but just the word choice made me believe that he will make it through the film. And Anthony has also mentioned that this he's not done with Star Wars. He will be three PO's voice for many a thing moving forward. Uh, whatever they need him for. You know, it's so funny because it's easy to shit on three PO. Um, he's an essential part of star wars this, he's, or this saga he's not just essential part of what allows you to shit on him is your affection for him it's you're really not yeah. ever as annoyed by 3po as you purport to be because that's what he's there for like if if he were to have some kind of emotional death scene some kind of sacrificial he's 3po no more moment in this movie that would that would really hurt absolutely it's it's fun to shit on 3po that's you're you're the supposed point. to. That's what R2 sets up for you. Well, that's the, you're the perspective of Han and R2 and like right. at different points. And like you're generally kind of thrown between those ones in the original trilogy. And they're the ones who are the most annoyed by 3PO. So. And as we've said before, he's kind of, as much as you'd like to think otherwise, he's kind of the character you're most similar to as a, as oh, a, definitely. a mere viewer of this adventure. Yes. I mean, at the same time, we don't have quite the, the math skills that he does. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so in another clip, there is Ray actually fighting kylo and then they sh uh, cut to pasana and kylo's walking away from his like fucked up tie fighter is this so, the rainy planet no pasana's the desert planet okay and so it looks like ray during the flip cut off one of the wings on his tie fighter successfully and crashed him yeah uh but then they sh look they cut to ray and they show her looking at her hand in horror oh wow which makes me think that there's a pretty good chance that means she is indeed a Palpatine. What does that have to do with looking at her hand? Because why would you be horrified by your hands unless lightning came out of them? Oh, oh, okay. So I think, because there was like, someone theorized it a long time back that she could get angry in a fight 
and electrocute Kylo accidentally, and I think that's exactly what's going to happen. That would be cool. So I think she's going to like accidentally shoot lightning out of her hands and just be like totally freaked the fuck out yes. as to what just happened. Okay. So I think that's kind of interesting. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm on board for that. I don't know. Did we talk about uh, last week about how Ray freezing Kylo's blade midair? Yes, we talked about that. We talked about that. Okay. Yeah, I think we uh, got that in. Well, then let's get into the big trailer as well. The the okay. one that was Kylo meets Palpatine or meets the Emperor, whatever it was officially titled. Uh, and this was the the kind of the final trailer that connects as almost like a scene. It kind of just surprisingly came out on, I guess, Friday. Yeah. And I had a, you and I had a back and forth about it. I was a little conflicted about it because I said months ago on this podcast that, uh, I didn't need any more trailers, and then there's been so much more. Oh, my God. There's been tons. There's really been too much. Yep. I think there's been way too much. And there has been. I know that it's just part of their promotional machine, uh, and they have to do that if they want to make $2 billion, but uh, you just don't need it from me, and so I'm trying my best to avoid some of it. I thought maybe I would be able to control myself and not watch that trailer in particular because I could see that it was long and I could see that it was exposing. I tempted you. Yeah, but then I got I, I got kind of sucked in. And I mean, it is pretty compelling. That's right. I was the voice inside your head. Yes, you were. Every voice you've ever heard. Let's talk about this a little bit. Inside your head. Because we hear Vader, which is... It, yeah, actually, let me go through those specifically. Uh, we'll just So the scene itself starts out with Kylo... Uh, and ending a hyperspeed jump uh and it very much has the eerie sound of the end of a crawl and then a ship and like exiting hyperspace it it just seems like the beginning of the movie okay it really just seems like it uh so it's in space the sudden jump it rolled down it rolls down this nebula which is likely going to be the entrance to the like the unknown regions because we see Poe and flying through it later on and the Falcon flying through that kind of red area of space. So my guess is you need to fly through that thing to get to the to the outer regions where this exogal planet is. It's the rumored name of the planet in which we see that looks like almost like a dead wasteland. Uh, it's got this gigantic ocean. So Kylo's flying towards it uh, and he lands on this kind of like platform. There's just a massive ocean, lightning going everywhere, and then there's like this upside down trapezoid gigantic temple it's massive absolutely fucking massive um and then kylo goes down an elevator underneath that temple uh he's using his lightsaber as a torch yeah uh and then there's some voices that are kind of strung through as he's entering this giant sith tomb and he hears some voices uh and then he kind of turns around as if like somebody's been sneaking up behind him uh but those voices that are overheard are at last my boy mm-hmm I have been every voice you've ever heard inside your head. And so it's said like as at last is said in a voice. My boy is said in a different voice. That's right. And then I have been every voice is said in a different voice. You've ever heard is in a different voice. And then inside your head is the only one that is 100% so clearly Vader. Right. Uh, But presumably some of that is Palpatine. It, so much of it, so much of it sounds like Palpatine, and some of it sounds like Snoke. And I've been really trying to figure out which what it could possibly be. And I think I figured it out today because I listened to it over and over and over again to try and figure out like who was saying what. And it really sounded like at the start that the the screaming "I have been every voice" seemed like angry Snoke. Yes, it did. And the last one was so obviously Vader. Uh, at last, and I have been every voice. 
Sorry, did I say I have been every voice with Snoke? You did. Okay, sorry. You've ever heard was what Snoke said, the screaming. You've ever heard. Okay. Uh, I have been every voice, and at last, sounded like Palpatine. Right. And then the my boy, I have no idea who it was. And like people are always theorizing, oh, is it a bunch of other Sith? And I realized there's just a bit of a hidden Vader breath. So it's just in order. So it makes pa- more sense it's, for it's, him to say my boy. No, at last is Palpatine. Okay. My boy is Snoke. Huh. Vader breathes. I have been every voice, Palpatine. You've ever heard Snoke inside your head, what's, Vader. So it's the... just Palpatine, Snoke, Vader, Palpatine, Snoke, Vader. But there's like a, but when you say somebody yells, is that the part that like almost sounds demonic? Yeah. And so it's like, at last, my boy. And then Palpatine's, I have been every voice. And it's, you ever heard. And it yeah. sounds like Snoke when he's yelling at Kylo. And then right. it's inside your head. And it's like Vader's, James Earl Jones. Right, and so this just kind of illustrates how tortured he is in a more literal sense. It does, and it also completely opens up what you and I have been chatting about for so, so, so long. It pretty much confirms Palpatine. Well, no, it confirms that Palpatine has some level of control over Snoke. Yes. And that he likely... Over uh, Ren. Well, no, over Snoke, and that he likely was Snoke. Sure. Okay. Like in complete and utter, he likely had 100% control over Snoke. The Vader communication that Kylo had in The Force Awakens, almost guaranteed to have been Palpatine talking to him. Every voice you've heard in your head, grandfather, show me the way again. Show me the way to the dark side. Who showed it to you before? Just like we said, it was probably Palpatine. Who's been every voice in his head? It's been Palpatine every single time, just confusing him, disguising himself, pretending to be coming from different directions. So when Kylo is likely going to be hearing things in that cave and he's going to be like, who's there? And then Palpatine's literally, he's going to realize all in once that but what he's we, everything. But we don't know for sure uh, if we don't know exactly how literal he's being when he says, I've been every voice in your head. Like maybe he's specifically been speaking the English language in Kylo Ren's head and he can hear those thoughts or maybe he just means more symbolically he has been guiding him towards the dark side and and once we find out the answer to that question we'll know exactly how similar ren is to anakin skywalker because something we can say for sure about anakin is that he wasn't being controlled by some other palpatine he was maybe conceived in a way by palpatine but he had darkness within him and we don't really know other than the fact that he is the blood of Anakin Skywalker, if Kylo Ren was born to have conflict within him, or if he too is being puppet mastered a la Snoke. So there's a few things and a few thoughts that I have on that. And I'm really glad you brought up Anakin because I think there's a pretty good parallel there. So Palpatine, Senator Palpatine, and then Chancellor Palpatine groomed Anakin Skywalker. Mm -hmm. But Anakin Skywalker was tortured by his visions. Yes. Yeah, that's right. So those visions very well could have been put there by Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Ben Solo was like groomed by Snoke, who is a being of sorts. The voices in his head is the dark side speaking to him. We've always known that he's had the dark side speaking to him in the form of Vader in some ways. So the voices in his head, the influence of Snoke, if that's Palpatine, the influence of Vader, which is his almost like his instinct in wanting to make like, that voice that he has been speaking to proud being Palpatine. I think either way it's, it's both literal and figurative. I've been every voice inside your head. I think that he 100% has been hearing English language voices in his head, but also in the same vein, Snoke being like an actual presence, Palpatine guiding that 
why is Kylo Ren on this planet in the outer? Someone brought him there. Palpatine brought him there, obviously. How did he get him there? Some way he communicated to, to bring him there. So in some ways there's literal, in some ways there's figurative. But then they also show during this line something that only some people are focusing on. And that's mostly just because most people don't want to look too deep into these things so close to it. But there is a chamber under like ground it's the only light that you see in like besides kylo ren's blade in that sith tomb okay and it's on the screen for like half a second and it looks like this upside down kind of triangular thing like it it looks like a cloning chamber it just looks like what you would imagine a cloning chamber would look like interesting okay you've been on clones for months and no one else seems to talk about that so snoke has to be in my opinion I think so. I think I think Snoke's a, a a failed clone of some sorts or a grown entity of some sorts. Um, I th- I think Palpatine. I think he's dead. I think Palpatine has. I think it's literally puppet mastery with Snoke. I wow. think I think Snoke has been. Um, I think the hmm. initial introduction of Snoke as a gigantic hologram, Snoke, smoke and mirrors. I think that that's the pure show that he's this giant entity that's just not even there they showed as a hologram that oh he's not really that tall he's just a hologram no he's not really tall he's not there at all he's right. a corpse you're that's a hologram of a corpse this is nothing well, wh- who's this corpse is, are we going to find out like why this guy and exactly how he rose to supremacy that we don't know what else like is it maybe Palpatine found a way to get Vader's corpse off of Endor and then grew the limbs out and he's this giant disfigured Vader corpse. Is Vader's corpse. That would be crazy. That would be crazy. His obsession with Vader, the scarring could work. He's just destroyed. It's their battle wounds. I don't know. It could be possible. There's a lot of different things that go there, but Snoke needs to have a quick story that's wrapped up and him being like, who that body was maybe it's palpatine like sorry maybe it's plagueis's corpse um maybe it's i think it's too late to go down the plagueis route i think i mean i mean other than that he was only ever mentioned in the third installment of another trilogy you could give him a fleeting mention but i think we got too much on our plate right now to open up a whole other sith storyline yeah no i i agree it would have to be in explanation quickly and probably doesn't make sense and you know what else Palpatine is more powerful and dominant than Plagueis ever was. So he's not, we don't, we don't really need to worry about Plagueis as the big bad. Another theory that I'm glad you kind of conveniently segued into that I kind of have going into this uh, is that we've talked about it before, the name Plagueis, it's like a plague. And really when thinking of what Palpatine's going to be, I think there's going to be some interpretation and some connections to still be made. Oh, sorry, that was another one of the the descriptions that people have been using is that it's a very complex plot sure there's a lot going on potentially a little too convoluted okay and so that leads me to also believe that there's potentially going to be some filling in the gaps so in that same vein i've got a bit of a feeling that i've gone around it every single way how is palpatine still alive Mm -hmm. how is he coming back and i don't think he is okay i think they're going to do what george lucas always wanted George Lucas never wanted to cast Ian McDiarmid. I think we talked about this during the Return of the Jedi overview. Right. He couldn't. He didn't want to cast a person because he didn't believe a person could portray the power and the like omniscient capabilities of this emperor. Okay. And that this emperor was so in tune with the dark side, he was almost one with it. 
That's the emperor we're going to get in The Rise of Skywalker, I think. I think that his body doesn't matter. I think that when he went down that shaft, I think he shot his energy up into Vader's suit. Luke brought Vader's suit back to Endor, and he went right in Leia's womb and built Ben Solo right there. Okay, if he only exists in this movie as a spirit, then all the more reason to enjoy this last chapter of the Skywalker saga where Skywalker, the great hero of these nine movies, Luke Skywalker, is also more powerful than you can possibly imagine, the rise of Skywalker. I think that is the wrong Skywalker. Okay. I think if you do that in any way, I think to keep it all consistent. Anakin. I think you have to bring back Anakin. Okay. I think JJ. Do you not agree that Luke is the is the hero of these nine movies? I disagree that Luke is the hero of the nine movies. Okay. And I think that this movie is going to solidify that uh, the Skywalkers collectively are the hero of the nine movies. Sure. Um, and I think the only way to do that, like Luke's destiny was to right the wrong of the Chosen One. The Chosen One's destiny was to bring balance to the Force. Mm-hmm. What is Ben Solo and Ray's destiny? That's fair. I mean, I mean, she but, has yet to do something wrong, right? The, the way Anakin Skywalker did, and frankly, the way Luke ha- has. True, but in that same vein, Luke has completed his destiny. Yes. Anakin hasn't. Okay. He brought balance to the Force. For a while. For a bit. Yeah. Like, dude, like, you're going to say that, like, you've been waiting thousands of years for this chosen one, and he brings balance to the Force for 25 years. <laughs> it was a good 25 years. Yeah, it was like, it was solid. Like, we were pretty peaceful. <laughs> uh, no, the galaxy was still a fucking mess. It was. it was just getting its shit together, kind of, when the First Order comes in. Right. And so that just doesn't, he needs to write Ben on track a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, even coming to him, I don't know how he's not been able to come to him yet. But some way in which Anakin can come to Ben Solo uh, to right the wrong, allowing for Anakin Skywalker, Luke Skywalker, Leia Skywalker, and Ben Skywalker to all be Force ghosts uh, at the very end of the movie. I mean, you have to imagine that, and I don't know if this is written everywhere, anywhere, uh, but you have to imagine that a Force ghost, rare as they are, powerful as they are, can't just pop up to anybody. And they can't, I don't think they can just pop up to anybody who isn't pure of heart. No, and no, so and so, not. of course, Anakin, Anakin's Force Ghost can't come to Kylo Ren. He's not ready to receive that yet. Okay, he's I not good enough mean. yet. That's a very fair way of putting it. Um, it would be weird though for him not to have come prior to said point, in which what was blocking his inability to, like, allow him to not go down that path. Maybe don't. Maybe just hope that nothing goes wrong and let Kylo, Kylo Ren or Ben Solo rather grow up to be the good young Jedi that he was meant to be. He wasn't meant to be. Although you could say that because Anakin is now one with the Force, he knew that Ben Solo had to fall to then once again rise. There you go. And so there is potential for that. Uh, I do, so you think Rise, he's the titular character? Uh, uh, Kylo Ren, Rise of Skywalker? No. No, I think the titular character is... is, is the mo- family. Yeah. It's the legacy. And I think that includes Rey. I think Rey sure. is the one who will rise to take the mantle to finish what they all started. Now, a minute ago, you said that she's a Palpatine. Well, I think that the, I think Palpatine's a Skywalker. Right. I've always said that. Skywalkers one. are Palpatines. That's always what I've said. That that's is right. what I firmly believe that... Um, that. That's not clear enough. The movie really ought to be very clear about that. And I've said also from day one that I think, uh, I damn hope as well, uh, that this movie will finally confirm that Palpatine created Anakin. 
Okay. Because I also think that that's the only logical way. Like, I mean, it's seeming like potentially Ray could be like blood Palpatine. I would still way, 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 way prefer um, Anakin round two. If he created Anakin, then he is the most powerful natural being in the history of the galaxy. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. like and full stop. And that's why I think they're going to go there with this movie that he's, he he eventually may become human again to be killed in, the, in a way that allows him to be fully killed. Like maybe he restores his strength from the spirit world to become human beyond in some which way or form. I don't know. See, this is why these MacGuffin things are sometimes necessary in these long stories. And I've talked about how they're, they're a slippery slope and they can in fact be quite a liter- like a literary crutch. Mm. Um, and we've also, or at least I have often related this long story to Harry Potter mm-hmm. because there's some similar themes, frankly, and that's the other great long form narrative of a generation. Yep. Uh, or maybe the next generation after star Wars. Um, <clears throat> the, the problem with that story is they establish in chapter one, maybe we can never kill this guy. Maybe he's so powerful and so evil and so uh, controlling Mm. of our world, we can never fully get rid of him. And as soon as you say that, you then have to find a way to unwrite that by creating this like this nexus of Mm -hmm. his evil. And so we're doing the same thing with Palpatine here, where if he is so powerful, then we're net. And especially since he's been gone for all these years and we've been led to believe he was once and for all destroyed and now he's back. If yeah. we're going to be feel gratified at the end of this, that he has been once and for all eradicated, we're going to need to see uh, like clinical yeah. evidence that, that he couldn't possibly come back. Now, one of the worst undoings in 21st century cinema movie series was the return to life of captain barbosa okay yeah that was bad the death of captain barbosa is one of the best villain deaths into the 21st century it's so good it is sensational that movie is so good captain barbosa's death in my opinion is the way the palpatine should be killed okay using the dagger it's the same way that the mortis dagger was used to kill the sun in the mortis arc yeah. and that its capability with something else, whether it's like Kylo uses the dagger and Ray deflects the lightning back, or one of them uses a lightsaber and one of them uses the deck. Like that's the way I want it to be done. Someone like the only way you can kill me is if you're undoing something at the exact same time you try to kill me and that you have to get everything to line up so fucking perfectly that the odds, like just the arrogance and the odds of it get away from Palpatine the same way that they did from the son Barbosa. And it's also just a really, really badass way to kill someone. That's right. And so I've said before that like, I mean, the Palpatine situation, it's so tricky. If you're bringing it back to life, how do you kill him? And like you just said, how do you make it finite? The dagger, the mortis dagger was one of the only things that made sense. And what do you know? They've just started dagger in the trailers. So that's really helpful and making me, Excited that that could be a potential. You were hot on the dagger trail a while ago, too. Yeah, I was really hoping that that was... Because I, I, I like that case. It, it, it's the only instance in Star Wars canon that I know of of an immortal being being killed. Right. Palpatine seems pretty damn immortal right now. He sure does. And who was this immortal beating who was killed? He was the epitome of darkness in the balance on uh, a weird, strange planet that had a gigantic cube. Well, where are we right now? Yeah. Huh. Some overlap. There's a little bit of overlap here. (laughs) 
I wonder. Okay, we better keep moving here. Not a whole lot really, I mean, left to, to dive into other than some general thoughts and some questions. I've kind of laid out a few questions here. Um, but that uh, giant Sith temple with the giant Sith statues in it. Yeah. Uh, there's a chance, and it's from some of the flashes of lightning, that some of those do look like some legends Sith. Interesting. And so the, bringing that back as a shrine, a Sith temple, gigantic statues of the most powerful dark side beings in galactic history. Hell yes, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Please like canonize them in that way, in a way that's subtle and is total fan service, but makes complete fucking sense and aligns with the enriched overall size of the galaxy. Like That's really how you make people happy in terms of canonizing something so that those beliefs of legends have value again. Did the Sith always live in secret or like was there an age where they were everywhere and they were running shit and they were because I'm, in a movie that we've seen they've oh there's only ever been a couple and they've always been like are there sith oh i guess there's sith i'm almost positive it's canonized that the sith were not secretive at a certain point in time it was very very prominent in legends that the sith were as prominent as the jedi but the problem was that they never had any order was because their leadership kept killing itself. Mm -hmm. So as a result, that's why the rule of two was created. Um, Sith created like these Sith, Darth Bane created like Sith nukes and just like held an assembly and nuked them all or something. I don't don't really know the the details. I didn't read the Legends book to it, but um, they also uh, were... No, I think it was the Jedi that was more at war with the Mandalorians uh, than the the Sith. I don't really remember that that well, though. Okay. Um, Because, yeah, I wasn't a big Legends person. But I think that's a really nice thing, and uh, it definitely does kind of give people a little bit of satisfaction that they've been looking for. That's right. Uh, so let's ask just a couple questions for you. So we don't have our uh, standard Padawan knight and master questions, but I got some Padawan ones for you and some knight ones and some master ones for you in a different kind of way. Okay. So Padawan question. Who dies of the big three? Um, The big three being Finn Poe Ray. Yeah. I guess Poe. You think one of them is going to die? I do think one of them is going to die. I don't think it's going to be Rey. And I think it would have been Finn in Last Jedi if it was going to happen. Yeah, um, I, I think Poe too. That's and, what I've got. And I think that that Finn has a more redemptive life to fulfill. Yeah. Whereas Poe has been a hero. Um, and he's he's kind of he's known who he is for a long time, and it, it'll be a tragedy because he's a yeah. young man. But like, I think that Finn <coughs> has has a whole future legacy to build that clearly he he has it in him to fulfill that yeah i i completely agree oscar isaac was pretty definitive about not coming back as well oh, interesting. Um, but yeah i i think very much so that it's probably going to be poe if anybody i would still only put it at like i don't know 60 40 okay but i think probably poe would you like to see him take over the what will i guess probably not be the resistance by the end of this movie but whatever they decide to call themselves the good guys would, would you like to see anyone in particular uh militaristically running the show no no leave it, leave it open-ended and i think they will leave it open-ended okay uh because my next question is of the legacy characters and droids do you think anyone's going to die and who um i i don't think because I think they're probably going to kill Leia. It'd be very hard to kill Leia, though. It will be hard to kill Leia, but I've been reading Resistance Reborn, and they've emphasized a couple times that she's still not well. 
Yeah. I mean, it's weird to let her live at the end of this movie, frankly. It is. Her story kind of needs to end. I don't think think Lando will die. What's the point of killing him? I think Chewie could. I don't think any droids will, but I think Leia and Chewie might. Really? You think Chewie could? I think Chewie could. I don't know. I think Rey needs Chewie going forward. She needs somebody. I, I don't know. I don't know who she has. She needs somebody. And it but it is, is, is Chewie the one? Because I also think the Falcon's going down. Yeah, I know. I think the Falcon's going down. You know what? Like, maybe maybe Chewie's not the one. Because what Rey needs is parents. Like, narratively speaking, like, I know that she's... She still needs some kind of parentage, some kind of leadership. That's what the the first... That's what The Force Awakens establishes for her character arc. Yeah. I I don't know how they're going to fulfill that. I think she gets it, but she, to a degree, kind of loses it. Maybe. That's sad. Um, yeah. I think she I think she kind of gets it in the sense of Luke and Leia. Then maybe and she will die. Ray? Yeah. No. There's, I, I would bet every, well, it's not many, but I'd bet every dollar I have that <laughs> uh, Ray survives. I, I don't think that'll happen either. You're not going to build a, a saga about hope and killed the main character and the good guys in the end. You're right. I mean, it's it's very tough because... because And Ray's life sucks if you kill her. Well, it's like killing Harry Potter. It's Yeah, absolutely. Great yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah, this person had just a horrible life and then a big week and they die. Yeah. Well, <laughs> especially with Ray. She only has one good year. At least Harry had like seven before... They weren't great. Well, that's true. You know, he almost <laughs> did... He almost died every year. Yeah. Um, the other thing is the the emotional moment of killing Tony Stark in Endgame, we're not really going to have that, at least not on screen. I mean, it, it'll really hurt to kill a few of these people if any of them were to go. Like we said, with 3PO, it would hurt with Chewie. Ben Solo's going to go, and that'll hurt. That's going to hurt for sure. But it's not Tony Stark. It's not, I started all this. No, nope. we, we had that when we saw Han and uh, Han die, frankly, not Luke. Yep. It wasn't as emotional when Luke died. No, it wasn't. But uh, they really can't hurt us more than when they killed Han. No. No, that's a that's a very good but point because could, well, I don't know. Because we all it was a mil, it was so obvious to see it coming going out in that like beam, like that well, giant I'm not, walkway. I'm, I'm not saying that we won't have equivalent emotions. It'll be an emotional experience, mm. but it's not going to hurt, I don't think to lose anyone because we know that this is the end anyway. Yeah. That's another thing that differs it from Endgame is that there's still going to be more Thor. Well, but I'm not sure how many of these people are going to turn up ever again. Well, Kathleen Kennedy seems to kind of indicate that they might again at some point and that the stories may continue on beyond this point in time. You think we'll have like I want them to like, go thousands of years back and not touch this timeline for or this area of time for how, how a likely decades. do you really think it is that they won't back up a Brinks truck for middle-aged Daisy Ridley to get her in Star Wars episode 10? It won't be Star Wars episode 10. That's what they're saying now. Yeah, no, I think that's one of the... I don't know. I, the, the only, like, people have said it's pretty final. JJ really wanted to make it really final. But okay, but if she doesn't die... Yeah, I think, though, I think you break enough to make the saga impossible to continue on. All right. And I think you have to. Uh, it doesn't mean... The, like, even if Ray carries on the Skywalker name... In some way, shape, or form, I mean. Still... But I'm not asking about Skywalker's. I'm asking about Daisy. Like, or... no, but that's my point. Is if Daisy has become part of the Skywalker saga, you continue Daisy's story on 
you have to be very careful about how you're framing that story in a way that isn't trying to continue that Skywalker story That's because right. I fundamentally do not believe they will. Okay. Um, but I also do believe that they will at some point try to back up a Brinks truck to get Daisy Ridley back in Star Wars at some point. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that'll likely happen. They're Disney. Yeah, of course. Um, Harrison Ford cameo. Okay. Yes or no? Um, put it. What are the odds you put it at? Uh, over under fifty percent. Yeah, way under fifty percent. I put it right around fifty percent. Do you? I put it a little under, maybe. I think it's under twenty percent. I put it right around thirty-five, forty. Okay. Yeah. yeah Small I, as shit. I generously give it, give it a one in five chance that'll happen. Yeah, flashback. Of okay. course. Uh, yeah, I got a feeling that we may see the big three together. Maybe. The original big three. I don't know how they pull that off, but maybe. Flashback. You don't need to have everybody talking. Have a, an exchanged look between a, a child, Ben Solo, and, and his dad, or between Luke and Leia talking about Ben and Han in the background or something. And, right. Uh, I don't know. Something small. Okay. Uh, it's Harrison, just like two hours of his time. I think that could have been possible. All right. Um, I just don't know how much richer we can get with, with his reappearance, but maybe. Maybe you're right. I don't know. It's interesting because there's that scene where Kylo goes in the Falcon and the Force Awakens, another one that would have been good in terms of building on their relationship. It would be nice to build more on the on the Han-Ben relationship or build on the Ben-Leia one, but much harder. You're right, also. though. We're missing a piece of the story with Kylo and, and his and, parents. Yeah. And his parents, yeah. yeah. And Specifically so, Han. Yeah, exactly. So it would be nice to kind of get that um, or at least something that makes it make a little bit more sense. I mean, yes, it makes sense that he has to kill his father, kill his master. He's been groomed by Snoke in some way, shape, or form, and he may have some sort of weird, like, force-bound mission that he's following, but in that same vein, you're right. There is there is still something missing uh, beyond the, I know what I have to do, but I don't have the strength to do it. Right. Um, what, what was that compelling him? What else you got? I like these. Are there any instances, or are there going to be any instances of time changing flashbacks, time jumps, or epilogues? Oh, I hope there's not an epilogue. I hope there's not an epilogue too. I've I, I've mentioned before that I think it could be really interesting to do an early movie time jump. I really don't think they're going to, but I think it'd be really interesting if they have like the first fifteen minutes of the movie take place and then they skip another year and they just haven't told us that this entire time okay just to yeah. show further development in the characters um but then it, but then you're establishing that character doesn't die if it's a view of their future no 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 i'm talking about like 15 minutes into the movie yeah. we now jump in a year oh, ahead and so that way you get to kill leia you get to like that's possible and you can have I do kylo think... ren build his mask and like be on a mission a little bit further the only problem is you then don't have the ability to have another crawl i do that's true i do think they will do time jumping flashbacks to some extent but i, yeah. I do not expect to see an epilogue that would be very contextually odd in yeah. in the format of star wars what about um yeah even like a lord of the Rings style that's not really an epilogue. Well, that's true. It doesn't time jump. It just no, kind of has, it's, it, it's you're the right. end. It's, it's just, yeah, it's kind of just a weird sort of mystical yeah. ending. Uh, I don't think they will do an epilogue. I don't think they will do a time jump. Uh, I think there will be flashbacks, though. Definitely. Yeah. I think there kind of has to be. Well, not to, to torch the metaphor, but like 
when you talk about like a time jump epilogue, you're talking about Harry Potter. Yes, like, yes, and, and definitely. But not to that. It wouldn't be to that degree by any means. It's the worst but... chapter in in all seven Harry Potter books. It's the <laughs> fucking stupidest. I love the ending of Harry Potter, but the epilogue should not occur. It's so dumb. That's a fair point. Yeah. Uh, ben, do you think he's going to die, Kylo? Definitely. And is he coming back to the light? Yes. And is uh, he or Ray killing Palpatine? Or is I, it going to be a group effort? I hope he does. Yeah, I, I I hope it's a, he does or it's a group effort and in some way shape or form. But I hope he's the main one. To be honest, I agree. Yeah, I'd like, it just seems a little too easy. Is my only reservation about him like turning good and then dying a hero? That just seems a little. If there's any way they dying can, they, and sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, if there's any way they can subvert our expectations there and still be gratifying and still tell a good character arc for a character who we're so emotionally invested in, I hope they can find a way to do that because. It it almost seems, for all we don't know about Kylo Ren, his beginning, middle, and end almost seems like a foregone conclusion. It does. And there is something to be said about that. Uh, you could make the case that that's the tragedy of Kylo Ren, is that he knows his entire life, beginning, middle, and end. And that's what's tortured him since day one. Yeah, is that's that true. he's known how he was going to fall, how he was going to come back and die and that everything he's there's potential that he's seen it all just like Anakin and his visions. And that's, what's been torturing him just as much is that mm. he knows that his life was never his. It's been the writing on the wall. He is born of the force and he is so connected with the force that he doesn't have will. He is the will of the force. He could be that like ingrained as the Skywalker. You, you think have. you think he's born of the force? And I know you said a second ago that maybe Palpatine like hit the spirit impregnated Leia. Do you think that's got to no. do with his hating Han? He's not Han's son. No, I, th I I mentioned that to you like months ago when we were in the car together, and I was yeah. like, I've got this idea that maybe Ben is the one that in the, specifically Leia had a force birth of that. I don't think that's the case. I think that he was already. I think that Leia. I think that Ben was corrupted as early as the womb. Sure. I think Leia got pregnant from Han mm -hmm. on Endor. I see. That night. Yeah. They had a great night. <laughs> no, I'm, I, like, I'm dead serious. I think yep. canonically in Star Wars, Leia got knocked up that night. Sure. While, while the Darth Vader helmet was burning. Yeah, I believe so. Nice. And I think that that's like how part of those things. And But I think like if Ben Solo is kind of, to a degree, the second coming of Anakin in a certain way, you could also have that said in the sense that He's born the same time Anakin dies and not Palpatine dying, that maybe he's Anakin again. And the fact that he can't get pulled away from Palpatine is because, well, Anakin was made by Palpatine. And so a, a couple of Kylo Ren phases we don't want to repeat, though, from The Last Jedi are um, he goes on a really victorious killing spree on the same side as Rey. They take down an army of bad guys. Like and the Knights of Ren, you mean? Like, well, whether it's the Knights of Ren or not, I'm talking about the Praetorian Guards, but like, mm. w w I don't want to see that exact shot again. No. And like, I don't want him to kill Palpatine the way he kills Snoke. I mean, I don't think he would, but you have to be careful not to repeat that. And and I think the main reason is we saw that happen and then he just got more evil than ever. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. No, I think that there's uh, a pretty good chance that he will... I think he's got to, I think, I think he has to turn with enough left in the movie. What do you think? If he doesn't die. What happens to what him? What happens to him? If we end on the Lars homestead with Ray and Ben, uh, 
are we are we okay with that if we end i i, I people have mentioned it before we all think Tatooine's going to be in. I think it wouldn't be remotely surprising to see Ray end up on Tatooine looking at a twin son. Uh, Could we see both of them looking at a twin son? That would be cool. It'd be a beautiful shot. I That'd think be, I, I, it's I, very hard to redeem this guy. Now, Ren, I told you two coats of wax on the Falcon this time, not just one. <laughs> don't con me. I can see that happening. Uh, I don't know the answer to your question. Like I don't. Where, I don't know where can he go to Octo? Yeah, and punish himself there. Maybe, well, that's N- no. It's not emotional, and it's not gratifying, and not it's, at all. And it's sad, but it's not like he has to die. He has to die, and he has to become one with the Force, join the rest of the Skywalkers, and then Ray can commune with them that way. I think. Yeah. It, I think it just has to happen that way. Unfortunately. Yeah. I don't know. I think I, I've never really talked it through fully, the the writing on the wall notion, but that could be kind of interesting that Kylo's known all along that he was supposed to die or something. I don't know. I mean, if he is Anakin, which is not out of the question, he, that doesn't, also, he doesn't really need to go anywhere. Yeah. Well, that would be like, if he is specifically Anakin, that would be crazy. It'd cool. Be crazy. Except for that would kind of mean that he didn't really turn good at the end of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I don't think he is Anakin. I just, I, I think... He, he fills those shoes in the sense of the force. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anakin becoming kind of a balancer from a, an overall cosmic force perspective, but as Kylo, by being, by, by existing almost, throws the balance off by being another round of Skywalkers that are coming out. When the Skywalkers, if Palpatine created the Skywalkers, they're a black mark on the force. Yeah, that's right. They're a blemish. They're not... Like there may be a blemish that has cr- turned itself into the, the correction. The there's certain a lot, certainly a lot of headaches, a lot of problems. Yeah, but I mean, they also get things back on track a little bit. What's the over under fifty percent for Tatooine? Because we've seen twin sons in this trilogy. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. I think it's over fifty. I think it has to be. Me too. I, I, really, I think. I, there, I think there's gonna be. I think there's a lot of planets in this movie. I mean, I guess there are, but there's also another desert planet, Pasana. Yeah. I think that's going to be I think that's going to be in the first half of the movie. Yeah. I think that's going to be in the, like I think they'll be on Pasana by minute 45. And they won't be there for more than half an hour. Are we going to have any uh clarity on Lor Santeca? No. Interesting. No, he was a friend of Luke's. They worked together. Kylo went dark. I kind of want he more got than old. that. I kind of want more than that. He's The rest of Star Wars will provide more on Lor Santeca, probably but not in the movies it's kind of unfortunate because like the this exciting trilogy started with him yeah. and he was very interesting in the moment and we've done nothing about him we don't talk about him well if we learn more about who ray is there's potential that his purpose was similar to obi-wan's as yeah. the watcher um and maybe if luke and leia knew that ray was a palpatine and were able to find her at some point and I think there's also still a good chance Zori Bliss, a character we know nothing about, that she was the one who uh, indeed transported Rey. It kind of seems like she doesn't take off that helmet. Uh, she doesn't, but I did see uh, an image somewhere. Sorry, this is a bit of a spoiler. Um, she is a human. Okay. All right, whatever. I didn't see... I didn't see her, uh, the visor in the helmet was down. I saw her eyes. You know what I haven't told you? Um, uh, Naomi Yaki, who plays... Um, Jana, Jana, um, she was the villain in the second season of a show I like called "The End of the Effing World." 
Oh, cool. She's really chilling in that. Like, I don't think she's going to play the same character in this at all. I think she's going to play a very likable character. In Probably this. a likable Especially character. Especially if she's a Calrissian. Very true. Very charismatic. And she was good on Kimmel last night. Um, yeah. But she's not that in, in this Netflix show, uh, this British show. Really good, though. Really good in it. But That's it's interesting to have seen her in this, like, little indie thing. And then this is the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. I think... Uh, Dominic Monaghan's going to have a tiny part. I keep forgetting he's in it. It's uh, just a cameo, I'm sure. Matt Smith, is he going to be in it? Yes. I think so, too. Uh, yes. yes. There's no way he's not going to be Yes, I think Matt Smith will be likely a young Palpatine in a flashback. Sure. I think he's... I hope he is. I like that, honestly. Well, I mean, I really, the what the fuck else could he be? I JJ said that the Knights of Ren don't take off their helmets. But they've the dicked movie. around so much with this this actor. Like, they've just made themselves suspicious with Matt Smith. Oh, absolutely. There is still a chance, and it's, it's, a, it's a good theory. It's a very good theory that he was in the movie and that he was rewritten out last yeah, minute. Right. And that potentially he was even flown to fucking Tunisia or wherever the hell they were. Jordan, where Jordan. they went this yeah. time. Um, then, then he was like, who knows? He could have been far along in the process or shot scenes. And that's why they keep, he keeps getting mixed up in the fold. Right. Uh, Richard E. Grant. We have no idea about his character. Well, that's true. Well, except for that, we know he's going to be some kind of he'll imperial his, officer. Yes. He'll likely be the main antagonist, uh, alongside Hux for, uh, Jonna and Finn and Poe and, and that crew. Right. Um, also, Claude, who's that giant globish sort right. of alien. There's My a chance. God, there's so many characters in this movie. There is a chance Claude has been cut from the film. Okay. Because I've not seen a single piece of promotional material since a shot from maybe July of him with Snap Wexley. And that is, there's one photo. He's been removed from like a poster that he was on originally and replaced with Rose. Yeah. And when and where and who and how... He maybe has a scene, but I don't think this character is in the final end of the movie. Jack Skellington. Remember yes, him? that's right. Who the hell is he? Is he a he Knight a, of Ren? Knights of Ren apparently don't take off their helmets. Right. So is he some form of like Sith guard of Palpatine's? You'd think he'd be wearing red, though, not all black. When you say Jack Skellington, there was like a, a weird yes. little promotional leak, like truly months ago, like maybe a year ago. It was probably close to a year ago, yeah. Um, and the guy just very minutely visibly is this weird skeleton, lanky. Yeah, he is a white face alien. and a giant Joker-like smile that looks like it was carved into his face, but as opposed to being red, it's black, and his eyes are just black holes right um and he's wielding a giant blade there's a chance the knights of ren at one point had their helmets off and that it kind of aligns there but there's no chance this was just made up because literally everything else in that sticker like it was looked like a pack of stickers mm -hmm. everything else has been 100 percent correct yes uh, the Ray ray's outfit kylo's cracked mask babu frick um bulio Bulio is apparently the green guy with the horns on the side of his face. Who's uh, um, he's a he's a rebel in this as well. Uh, another interesting thing. Speaking of rebels, so JJ was doing an interview amongst one of his friggin' million that he's had to do, and the interviewer mentioned that his favorite character was Ahsoka Tano. Mm. And JJ said, "Oh, that's really interesting." And it's like, so the guy explained a little bit more why Ahsoka was his favorite character. He said, "Huh. All right. Well, you're gonna." You're probably going to want to play pretty close attention then. Interesting. And then the guy was like, what? She'd be old as hell though and, in this movie, and right? And so JJ said, enjoy the movie. No Got way. Because <laughs> she does not have a final chapter, this character. She does not. Ahsoka is not 
human though. Mm-hmm. So age, it's kind of up in the air. Ahsoka is also a very interesting character because gray Jedis aren't really a thing in Star Wars canon because I think they're kind of stupid. But Ahsoka is kind of an instance of a gray Jedi in the sense that she's a pure light side of the force, mm-hmm. but she was the first Jedi to realize, well, one of the first, she was definitely the the youngest of the wise people to realize, oh, these Jedi have lost their way. Yeah. Uh, I'm Oat, but still stay with the light side as opposed to like Dooku who became a Sith. And so when Ahsoka left the Order, she went off and uh, joined the Rebellion because she left the Order not too long before Order 66. Uh, and then so she did eventually get trapped in the world between worlds. Palpatine almost killed her there. Ezra freed her. But Ahsoka kind of ended off with this weird like Ahsoka the White. Yes. She was kind of reborn again. Uh, and we don't really know anything about this kind of Ahsoka the White. She comes back to uh, Sabine, who is one of the main characters in Rebels, at the very end of Rebels, which does have an epilogue that takes place after Return of the Jedi. Oh, okay. And so they go on their mission to find Ezra and Thrawn, believe like that's what it's assumed. Uh, but that takes place right after Return of the Jedi. So we have no idea what's happened to Ahsoka in that time period. It's conceivable she's out there. But... She's in this movie in some way, shape, or form. You think does, she'd be of great value to does, the movement? It, well, if she if she was still alive, I'm sorry, Ray. I don't care how how like powerful in the force you are. Ahsoka's going up against Ben Solo, not you. Yeah, like she was trained. That's, well, that's not going to happen. But that's my point: is yeah. that she she kind of can't be alive. I see. So, like, I don't know. Is Anna- or she, or she's she's doing a Luke Skywalker and she's in hiding and she's like, I don't believe in this cause. It's not. Well, but in that case, then how is she going to be in the Rise of Skywalker? I don't know. So I think there's maybe a chance that uh, if Anakin's in the movie for a lengthy scene, that there's a throwaway line to a lot of people that makes every fan of the Clone Wars lose their minds because she's acknowledged in some capacity of an apprentice or someone I once taught or something along those lines. Okay, in lieu of Gotta Cast One this week, let me ask you, if she were to show up, even if it's just for a cameo, considering how she will have aged since you last left this character, but bearing in mind she's an alien, who would you cast to play her physicality? It's a really tough one because Ashley Eckstein does the voice. She is an actress, but in the same way, it's it's a very different medium. If it's just going to be for a brief, brief appearance... I think it's rude as shit to not cast her. I've seen a picture of her, though. It's hard to imagine her as like a Jedi. I've I've actually seen her cosplay, and it's actually one of the best cosplays of Ahsoka I've ever seen. Okay. However, one thing that nobody ever brings up that I think is essential to making Ahsoka work in live action is you need to Alita Battle Angel her her eyes a bit. Yeah. Uh, If you look that up, so it's... The, that movie that came They're out bigger. this year they they it's she looks just like a real human but with just big eyes yeah you make ashley Eckstein's eyes just a little bigger on the ahsoka element and i think you can make it work for live action and then if you just give her a line and if or if it's just really brief then at least it's going to sound exactly like her that's right and that's going to be the thing that's familiar right but they could do what they did with darth maul in solo and use her voice over Totally. Some other actor. Totally. And that's a that's a very good point as well. When it comes to physicality in that right, uh, but then uh, Carrie Russell makes sense. <laughs> True, yeah. Go in that regard. Yeah. I, 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 when I initially saw the design, that was, I mean, 
what are the what's that giant helmet designed for? Something's maybe shoved back there. So I mean, it could have made sense, but I no, I no, no, yeah. But my but my point is like when you hear that she's cast in the movie and you try and run through who she could be in your head, um, I think a lot of people ran that as a potential idea early on, along with like the Mara Jade notion that people right. had. Uh, but yeah, no, that she's she's a tough one to put, to put a finger on because it would depend on how much she was in. Uh, and then how how her species ages because I, I really don't know how uh, I also never remember what the, her species is. It starts with a T, um, and it's not Toydarian or Trandoshan. Right. Okay. That's the other one. And it's not Twi'lek. That's there's no, or Twi'leks. <laughs> yeah, but, but they do have the head tails the same way. Yeah, I I often thought she was that just because of the head tails. Yeah. No. It's uh, and it is. I think it starts with a T as well. Um, that's gonna bug me. It's okay. Yeah. You've been pretty good for the last two years. Yeah, but I think, to be honest, I think this is the second time I've forgotten what it was. <laughs> and that just, that species keeps getting me, I guess. All right. So do you have any other final predictions? Because we got to wrap this puppy up. It's been two years of, of hypothesizing what was coming in this in this movie. We did have the release of Solo in there, which we covered. It's been a blast discussing these movies leading up till now, but this is a very, very big moment for this podcast. Yeah. Here I we mean, are. The only things I have left aren't even on The Rise of Skywalker. This is the last time you'll be on the record not knowing how the Skywalker saga ends. And so, so I am so damn excited for when it ends so I can see that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've, you've put in time. You've put in the work. I, that's the interesting thing is because I'm going to feel weird leaving the movie in the sense that I won't know how to... If it goes exactly how I want, if it goes exactly as I think, or exactly like, in certain ways, I may be able to have a pretty quick judgment on it. Uh, if it goes in a totally different way in a lot of different areas, I'm going to be going out of there completely not knowing what to think, and it'll be all shaken. But uh, but we left the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi so gung-ho to spend yeah. the next couple of months making predictions and oh it's my not, god yes not really gonna work that way this time no but we do get another episode of the mandalorian tomorrow that's right and uh although in a week and a half after that mandalorian will be done mm -hmm. uh but actually that provides a really nice segue with the mandalorian gone uh and star wars movies kind of being on a bit of a hiatus how things are going to be addressed moving forward is a little bit interesting uh kathleen kennedy did just mention though that uh, they want to take a bit of a more of an open-ended view to storytelling, mm -hmm. and the notion of restricting themselves to trilogies is not what they're going to do anymore. That's fine. And, of course, people take that as, and the headlines are, uh, Kathleen Kennedy says Star Wars no longer doing trilogies. That's fucking stupid. It's not really right. My no. guess is they were making this movie and realized, it'd be nice if we could have made two movies here. And we're not going to do that here, obviously, because of the way that this Skywalker saga is designed. Yeah. But why would we want to put ourselves in a position where this could be a problem again? Right. We had already, like, a lot of us, when they said the Benioff and Weiss were going to do a series of movies, I assumed that meant it wasn't a trilogy. And I didn't think twice about it. Because no. it doesn't need to be a trilogy. Just it just needs to be thought out and make epic. movies. Just yes. make movies. Make the ones that you need to make. I do, th I do think that you don't need to make another solo or rogue one ever again. Oh, of course. Yeah. Or potentially for a very, 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 very long time. Yeah, in, in the sense that Star Wars should be episodic. 
Yes. In a certain way, whether that's going to be... When you say you don't make Solo or Rogue One again, you, you mean don't make another movie that just that just services the, the exactly. Skywalker saga? Or, no, or even just a standalone. That's a great point, though. Just services the Skywalker saga. Totally agree on that notion. But yeah. even just something that stands alone. If you look at those two again, Rogue One, I'm happy it existed. Oh, I'm yeah. really happy it existed. Solo, I'm not happy it existed. If you give me that again in a TV show format, I, I think it's impossible for me not to like it more. That's true. And so even on that notion, like, don't do that shit again. So mm -hmm. it's like either make it a better story worthy of a movie or a smaller story worthy of, you know, a smaller. And, but in the same way, Rogue One, you could have made a couple movies. Yes. If they're doing a Cassian show now, then there's telling me that there's more story there, which means you could have made it a couple movies had you thought things through in the big picture. Right. On that same notion, that connects back again. We had chatted a little bit about the Castian show being in development hell. Right. No one really has talked about that. I only heard it a couple places online a little while back. Uh, but recently, this past week, there's been a big rumor that Dr. Afra. Now, do you know, have you ever heard of Dr. Afra? No. So Dr. Afra was one of the very first Marvel comic series released when uh, Star Wars was purchased by Disney. And so Dr. Afra was a new character created. She's essentially... Um, the Indiana Jones uh, of the Empire era Star Wars galaxy. Cool. Who plays a little bit m closer to the Nazi side of things. She plays both sides. All right. So she's a, 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 a relic finder, somebody who goes out on missions. She's worked for Vader in the past. She's been hired out for really every side. And so she's... She's a very interesting character. People have really enjoyed her in the comics, and the comics have been very well received. Uh, she's the first openly, um, I, I think she's uh, bisexual, pansexual, gay. I don't know what it is in, okay. this, in this instance. I haven't read this series, but um, multi-sexual of sorts. She's uh, LGBTQ thank in, some, you. in some capacity. Yes, she's, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> You listed them all. I don't know why. I know. I just I couldn't get my way around a long day. Um, and she's also based on what we would interpret as Asian. Oh, okay. So that's cool as well. Yeah. So it checks a couple of those boxes in that regard. But the character has been very well received and is very, like, really fits with what you would expect Star Wars to be. And you could build a pretty damn cool show about, I think. Yeah, that sounds great. And then I also heard rumored alongside all these rumors that two different things one was that it was actually already underway hmm. and that it was like being cast and in like getting ready to be in production uh secretly mm -hmm. and then i heard also somewhere else that tony gilroy was writing it okay which tony gilroy was said to have been brought back to beef up the cassian script right which means if this is so far along my guess is they tried to bring Dr. Afra into, into the Cassian's show, life. and they realized that Dr. Afra is a better way to go, and that they're Ooh. shifting the show, and that they're replacing Cassian with Dr. Afra. That's too bad for Diego. It's possible, and that would be really shitty. Or you could put both in. You could merge their storylines. You could merge their storylines. I'm into that. That would be interesting. I don't know how you make it work in the sense of. Uh, like timelines, you have to make it pre-Rogue One, which takes the stakes down for your Rebels. Yep. Uh, and also it takes the stakes down because Dr. Aphra, uh, the comic series, starts out after A New Hope. Uh, so you know that she's making it out of this in that regard. And so that does lower the stakes, which makes it a bit worse in that regard. Mm. Uh, but if you do want to keep them, it does provide both sides. And you can have it as a bit of a spy thriller. Um, and it can be a bit of MacGuffin hunting. And it can really work with 
uh, kind of telling both sides there. You could have them work together. Uh, or maybe you have it kind of take place over top of those things. You could have it where Cassian is part of season one, but the end of season one, Rogue One happens. <laughs> okay. And uh, then we continue on in a different way. Or maybe it's they were struggling. It was only going to be six episodes, and they realized, let's have him in two of these Dr. Aphra episodes, apologize for jumping the gun, and exit and start something different. Who do you cast in that, I wonder? Uh, I don't know. They threw, uh, someone mentioned, I think there's three names that were thrown out. Um, Chloe Bennett, from, and she was in Crazy Rich Agents and a few other things. I was going to say, Constance Wu is, is kind of, I mean, she's she's popular. Yeah, Chloe Bennett definitely had a, had a good look. Um, I forget. Uh, there was two others. That was the only, that's the only name I can remember. Okay. Uh, but there was two others who were thrown out, and I, I took a look at their filmography and uh, just, like what it seems like they both could pull off something in the action space it, with likability and um also checking the ethnicity box right right because that's one that if you if you fuck with that's not that's not okay <laughs> they won't make that mistake no they won't and so i, I think that that'll be fine and also they've cast a lot of asian actors and uh um, hispanic actors for the mandalorian especially yeah, yeah. a ton of hispanic actors in that show yeah you're right you're right okay well we're good Yep, I think we're all ready. Let me, uh, I haven't written down any birthdays, but let's uh, see what we can sneak in here. Uh, on the 17th, if I haven't said so already, uh, which is a couple of days ago, happy birthday to Ryan Johnson. Happy birthday Saturday the 21st to Samuel L. Jackson. And uh, Sunday the 22nd to Hugh Corshi, who played Captain Panaka. That's right, Hugh Corshi. I uh, I forget what it was, but I was watching, it was a, it was a long time ago in a galaxy nearby. Uh, it, <laughs> this no, one in fact in, this one in fact actually it was a youtube video it was british stand-up or something and it was like i said an event of sorts and they made a joke about hugh corshi in the audience and they got to hugh corshi <laughs> so he's like famous enough that they made a joke about him that's I get, funny i think he might be on a show maybe that's like currently on or was on in britain at the time or something i don't even know if i'd recognize him it's been so many years and he's not wearing that hat all the time that's exactly right yeah hat guy <laughs> Uh, he served a role. He did, and he had a cool role in the Leia, Princess of Alderaan book. A really oh, cool yeah. role. Yeah. Yeah. Where, uh, spoiler for that book, he dies. Oh, my God. He gets bombed. <laughs> if you have any final predictions for The Rise of Skywalker, and surely you've got some thoughts on what we've discussed, please do tweet us at Recorder66 or email us at Recorder66 uh, at gmail.com. Um, and that applies to anything else we might have said on this podcast, anything that's just kind of bouncing around in your brain. Um, and, uh, you know, if we hear from you, I guess we'll have an opportunity to discuss that after we've seen this movie. Um, and we'll reconvene in a couple of days, right? Hopefully maybe Saturday we can get a podcast out. Yeah, hopefully so. I okay. mean, the final prediction I want to throw out there is that, uh, we're going to get Force Ghost Captain Panaka. I'm in. Yeah, completely. He's going to come to Kylo <laughs> in his moment of need and then be like, just like your grandma, I'm coming to save the day. Here's this little gun. You shoot this at the ceiling and you right. can rise up. You right. don't need to use the Sith elevator anymore, dude. <laughs> and uh, you can be free. More powerful than you can possibly imagine. Exactly. This has been uh, the show. <laughs> this was a bit of a weird one, but a fun it was, one. It was a fun one. Yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, rate and review on your preferred podcast app. And until we have seen The Rise of Skywalker, may the Force be with you. <laughs>